just try to add as much value as you can to people and don't go after them and say, oh, you know, can you do this for me or you know, will you help me with this? See how you can add value to them first. Welcome to Starve the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. This show is for the person who wants to implement big brand strategies for small business budgets, but they've run into the resistance that everyone faces. On this podcast, I'm fortunate to interview and discuss how successful entrepreneurs have starved the doubts, moved into self-confidence, and are making their dreams, their business, and their passion a reality. You can do it too. Today, we're going to spend some time with Rick Mulready from Rick rickmulready.com. Rick recently was married. Please consider sending a congratulations tweet to Rick, even if you do not listen to the entire episode. His Twitter is at Rick Mulready. Let's kick off with the interview and do a wrap up at the end. And the sunshine is taking over these days, wrapped up in a blue sky. I won't ever say Rick Mulready is the host of the Inside Social Media Podcast. Rick gives his listeners inside access to heads of social media from the most successful brands in the world, including the NBA, GE, CNN, Ben & Jerry's, NASA, Walmart, just to name a few, as well as the smartest social media influencers around, like Gary Vaynerchuk, Chris Brogan, and Ted Rubin. Rick is presenting at the Social Media Success Summit, which is an online conference hosted by SocialMediaExaminer.com. And, Rick, you also do guest posts for them as well. Rick is also presenting at New Media Expo in January. Rick, welcome to the show. Let's do it. Let's do it, Jared. Thank you. All right, Rick. So you're on an island, and you have one CD, and you get to pick you know, <laughs> one food. Uh, what, what are you going to choose? <laughs> I would choose U2's Joshua Tree. <laughs> nice. And I would choose a steak from the steakhouse in Dallas, Texas, Nick and Sam's. Outstanding. Now, yeah. I've never been to Nick and Sam's. Oh, it's so good. Duly noted. And, of course, that's a nice segue with the U2 Joshua Tree. What is the best concert that you have ever been to? Yeah, it would be U2. It's uh, 2001 in Boston. It was the Elevation Tour. Mm. I was on the floor. At, during that tour, they had a heart-shaped stage on the, uh, on the floor. And I was inside that heart. And so I was in right, in right in the action. It was awesome. Wow. Do you have a favorite song by U2? Bad. Without a doubt. Nice. Let's go blank versus blank, and we'll talk some social media since that's something you're passionate about and you know very much about, okay. or you know a lot about. Let's do Instagram video versus Vine video. Oh, good question. Whatever is best. I'm, I'm going to take the uh, non-politically correct <laughs> answer on this, and, and honestly, whichever is best for the goal that you're trying to do for your company. Because do you care to, yeah. Do you care there, to there share really is a difference. I mean, Vine is six seconds, and it loops, mm -hmm. and Instagram is 15 seconds. And, you know, when Instagram came out with the video functionality a few months ago, everyone was like, oh, you know, Vine and Vine use is down a little bit. But, you know, there's enough room and there's enough need out there for video and the ability to tell stories in a clear, concise manner and amount of time that there's room for both. What do you say to the small business owner that asks you that? It, you sort of have to back up and look at what their goal is. It, it all starts with their goal and, and just work backwards from there. So you know, they might want to use both. I mean, they're two different platforms. Vine obviously is owned by Twitter and Instagram with Facebook. So two of the biggest platforms in the world, but it really depends on what the goal is and, and what they're trying to achieve. Mm. Now, this is just out of personal curiosity. Google Plus versus Facebook. 
Mm, I mean, I so I can't really keep answering whatever is best for your goal. You're not going to let me slide on that one, are you? <laughs> well, let, let's just say your personal preference. This is my nothing to do with small business. Yep. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of either one. I used to be, I started out with as Facebook. You know, I was doing Facebook advertising and then Facebook marketing. I would say if I have to choose one of those two, it would be Facebook. Now, that's interesting to me. What is your social media platform of choice? I love Twitter. Okay, so Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, it allows me just to have because conversations. The small business owner that I, that I'm reaching with as my audience, they're really on. Uh, they're really across many platforms. But Twitter, I've really found the ability to engage with them, have conversations with them, have quick conversations with them. I love their search functionality. You can find the conversations that are going on so that you can go and listen to those conversations and add value and so forth. So I do love Twitter. Rick, I remember your interview with Amy Porterfield, and the two of you talked about the eighty twenty in terms of your content that you're putting out. And on Twitter, what is a formula that you see that tends to be relevant or work for someone who's a podcaster or a small business? Sure. I mean, the more that you can, everyone kind of thinks that all they, they, you know, social media is a great platform to start yelling their their sales message. And it's a great platform for that, but it doesn't always work out too well. People can tune you out just as quickly as they started to follow you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a really good lesson to remember. So, you know, the, the more that you can add value, as I mentioned before, the more you can listen to the conversations that are happening and add value based on your expertise and based on the niche that you're in, the more you can do that, then you can start to sprinkle in those sales messages. Then they're more likely to buy from you, whether that is, you know, an opt-in on your website or a product or service that you sell. And, you know, just picture kind of walking into a cocktail party. You don't walk in with your stack of business cards and just start throwing them in people's faces. And, you know, start talking about your business. You find a conversation, a group of people that are talking, you step up to it, you know, you join it, but you don't start yelling about your business or just right off, right off the bat talking about your business. You start listening to the conversation and then, you know, adding value where you can. So that's the really the best formula. As long as you're starting out by adding value first, and then you can mix in the sales messages from there. Mm. For the small business that has Twitter and they have a couple hundred at the very least people that they're following, is it better to follow a bunch of everyone who follow you back or just narrow it down to several folks and just understanding that some people will unfollow you because of that? What's a nice way to handle that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good practice personally to follow back people who are following you. And, you know, like I said before, it's going to be very easy for people to unfollow you just as it was for them to follow you. So I do think it's a good practice to follow people back. You know, a good way to build up that uh, that Twitter presence and the Twitter followers is to start following people who are following other, quote unquote, I hate this word, but influencers in your field. Mm. And so if it's a big brand, if it's a well-known, again, another, another word I'm not a big fan of, a well-known expert, if you will go into that person's followers or that brand's followers and start following those people. And again, that reciprocation often happens. So they start following you. And that gives you that opportunity to start engaging with them. Some people could look at that, Rick, and I'm sure you agree. Some some people look at that and say, well, that's not necessarily authentic. You're just following people, hoping they'll follow you back. Is there an argument to that? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's all about the authentic conversations that you're having having with those people. You know, you look at some people that have, you know, I don't know, tens of, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers on there. I mean, you do have to kind of ask yourself, you know, how many of those are authentic? And the same goes for any social media platform out there. You know, the company or the person that has, you know, hundreds of thousands of fans or, or whatever, you know, are those really your fans? Or are they just sort of people who, 
you know, said, oh, so my friend so-and-so liked it, so I'm just going to like it too. So it, it really comes down to, to your point, Jared, that the authentic conversation that you're having with those people and that other people will see that. And so that's the way that you start to build that, that trust and to, that whole no like and trust factor, just having those authentic conversations and having um, or helping people whenever you possibly can. Rick, if the small business posts a link to their latest blog post, is that considered authentic? It depends on what else they're doing. With it. I mean, if that's all that they do, you know, people are going to tune them out. You know, I mean, if you're solving a direct problem, maybe, but you really need to be having those conversations. Social media is all about a conversation. So mm. you need to be having that conversation and listening oftentimes more than you are speaking. Okay, those are good good points. Let's go on to finish this sentence. We got off on a little tangent there, but I enjoyed that. Thank you. So you recently interviewed Mike Hayes from Ben & Jerry's. Great interview. My favorite ice cream is blank. Black raspberry chocolate chip from an ice cream shop in near Hampton, New Hampshire, which is where I grew up. And uh, that is the greatest freaking ice cream on the, place, on the face of the earth. I love it. You have these very obscure, random places. Yes. Like if yes. you're ever in Dallas or New Hampshire, <laughs> Yakima, Washington, try exactly. the milk. <laughs> well done. The best acoustic song to walk out to right after getting married is... Uh, I just had to choose this because I'm getting married in five weeks. I mean, yes, literally congratulations, by the way. Last week. Thank you. We are doing Pride by U2. Nice. Big shocker there. <laughs> yeah, no one would have guessed U2. Yeah, exactly. My favorite funny or die video is? Oh, boy. Good question. I would have to say The Landlord. I mean, the original video <laughs> by Will Ferrell that started the whole thing. I mean, that just it just kills me every time I see it. <laughs> Yeah, for parents who haven't seen that, that may not be the best video for your kids to watch, but it is pretty funny. To be extremely successful with social media, blank. You are someone or a business who listens first and then engages to add value second. Rick, would you be willing to just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you're up to right now? Sure. So I'm on this big journey to connect with the heads of social media from the biggest brands in the world. And that, and that does include, like you mentioned before, people like Gary Vaynerchuk and Ted Rubin and Chris Brogan and so forth. Because I really think that one of the best ways to learn is to model someone who's doing it well in the industry or what you're trying to do yourself and look at what they're doing and model and apply that for whatever you're trying to do. And so I'm on this journey to share these stories and share the tactics and strategies that are working for the most successful brands in the world so that I can share with small business owners and entrepreneurs what those stories are, what those strategies are, what those insights are so that they can take and model them business. I think it's such a great way to learn to see what other big brands and successful brands are doing. That comes from, I've been in corporate internet advertising for 12 years. And I left that world to do this full time at the end of last year. So I saw what that was like. I, I, you know, I, I worked with the biggest brands in the world from AOL. I worked for Yahoo. As you mentioned, I worked for Funny or Die. So I got to see it on both sides. I got to be working for those brands, but also working with those brands while I was at those companies. And so it was just a real natural sort of direction for me to take that whole Facebook marketing, which I started out with and to go into a more sort of a holistic social media approach. But from the perspective of, like I mentioned before, what big brands are doing well, 
and then empowering small businesses to, to, to learn, model, and apply all those strategies and tactics that big brands are doing. Now, Rick, to leave those opportunities and then do what you're doing now, I would imagine that must have been a big decision. And what compelled you to starve the doubts and, and just go for that and start the Inside Social Media Podcast? Yes. As far as the podcast goes, I started that in so my first show was in uh, the first week of April of this year. When I left the corporate world last year, I didn't leave thinking that I was going to start this podcast. And the podcast was sort of something that kind of came out of conversations I was having with people. I'm friends with Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income, you know, really successful blog and podcast. And he was really kind of pushing me to do a podcast. And some other people were doing the same thing. And I was like, no, no, no. I don't have a media voice. I don't have, I hate how my voice sounds. No, I don't know a thing about this audio stuff, you know, and I just really fought it for a while. Where this actually, where that whole direction came from with the podcast and the, I can kind of back up here if you don't mind for a second. I was on a, on a plane last Christmas time heading to Boston for Christmas time hmm. and was listening to a podcast with John Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire and he was interviewing Gary Vaynerchuk. And one of the last questions he asked Gary, he said, you know, what books are you reading right now that you'd recommend to people? And Gary said, I won't exactly quote what Gary said, but Gary basically said, you know what? I don't really read a whole lot, but this is what I would recommend you do. You start reading Ad Age and you start reading uh, the site called Tech Meme. And he said, you read Ad Age to look at what the big brands are doing well so you can keep up with that. You read Tech Meme to stay up on the tech world and, and, and keep up with, you know, that side of things. And that was sort of the light bulb for me that was like, yeah, that's a great, that's how I can marry what I've been doing, you know, in the whole corporate world for the past 12 years and the corporate internet advertising and then marry that with the social media. And so then that sort of parlayed into the, the podcast over the next few months. But yeah, you're right. You're right, Jared. Making that jump at the end of September last year was, was huge. And, you know, I planned it out. I've been planning that for actually probably about two years. So that wasn't something I just did willy nilly. I did have a plan in place and I had been surrounding myself at that point for a while with, you know, successful people, people who are already doing what I wanted to be doing. Mm. And I got to learn from them. I got to see, you know, how they did things, why they did things. And, you know, I know you talk a lot about on, here on the show about surrounding yourself with successful people. I did the exact same thing. And that's the, I mean, that's just grown ever since last year. So my question is, for the person who's listening who has a corporate job, but they're envisioning stepping beyond that and mm -hmm. maybe starting their own thing, what advice would you have for them? I would say, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, do as much as you can on the side while you have your job and, and really start to hone your craft while you have that job. And, you know, start to make those connections. It's all about, and I don't mean that in like a sleazy kind of way. I mean, really develop genuine relationships with people in your industry while you have that job you know, work early morning before you go to work or in the evenings or on the weekends or whenever you have that free time to do that, you know, spend that time to really start to build up that and leave with a plan, you know, have a plan in place and, and put that, whatever that date is, put that out there and sort of draw that line in the sand. And that's really going to motivate you to hit that date. And that really worked well for me because I did have a date in mind and that's what I was really shooting for. And you know, I did have a savings goal and all that stuff. So, you know, make sure that you do have a uh, have a plan in place and go for it. Rick, you are fortunate. You created some really cool friendships and have some unique connections. And you mentioned Pat Flynn as a friend. And what are some ways that people can do that generous connecting and, and reach out and, 
and build that network prior to making some big decisions like what you've made. It's all about how, and it sounds so cliche and it's talked about all the time, but it it really is true. I mean, it's all about identifying somebody that you want to get to know and don't go right after and ask them for something. I mean, really take the time to study them. And I don't mean that in a creepy kind of way, but just learn more about them, learn about the products that they're working on, excuse me, and really figure out how you can add value to them, how you can help them and, you know, approach them that way. You know, it's always good to try to meet people in person as well. So the more that you can get to conferences that are within your industry, you're going to run into those people there. And, you know, the more that you can do that and the more that people can start seeing you around or seeing your name, it's just going to be that much easier for you to develop those relationships. And, and as soon as you start to develop relationships with a few people, you know, then they start introducing you to other people. You know, and I met, you know, you mentioned Pat Flynn. I met Pat Flynn through my buddy Adam Baker who started Man Versus Debt. And Baker's been a friend of mine for a while, and, and Pat's been a friend of mine for a couple of years now. But that was, you know, that was a connection I made through a friend of mine, and now I'm business partners with them in something called Only 72. And so that relationship has turned into you know, a business partnership as well. So just try to add as much value as you can to people, and don't go after them and say, oh, you know, can you do this for me or... You know, will you help me with this? See how you can add value to them first. Rick, you have a very good podcast, and we brought that up earlier. Some of my listeners are interested in starting a podcast. You have some really cool, unique things that you do. You ask some of the icebreaker-type questions. You do some of the outtakes, which are awesome. You do the bonus answer every now and then that's on your website. What? what compelled you to do those things? And then do you have any suggestions where it might be appropriate for small business owners to do little things like that in their content that they're putting out, whether it's social media or or podcasting or whatever that may be? Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, I appreciate you listening because the outtakes, I just did that for the first time with the show that I launched last night. (laughs) That was something that, you know, I'm just trying different things. And with podcasts, some people kind of jump right to a point in a podcast. And as soon as the content is over, regardless of what kind of additional content that you might be offering at the end, they might you know, say, okay, that's the end of the show and stop. Well, I mean, to be completely honest with you and transparent, I'm trying to get people to listen to the entire show all the way through to the end. And I do these intros and outros separate from the actual interview part. And you know, it takes me a few takes to get stuff. And that sort of, that sort of thing cracks me up. And you know, someone told me recently, they were like, you know what? If there's some things that you want to try out that you think are funny or that you think are valuable, just go for it and don't really worry about what other people are going to say. Mm-hmm. And the outtakes for me was one of those things. So I added them in at the very end of the show. And yeah. I think it's kind of a, a, a funny element. But the lesson there, I think, is just to kind of test out different things and see what resonates well with your audience and just go for it. I mean, it's your show and people are going to give you immediate feedback on whether they like it or not. And so, you know, depending on what that feedback is, you can make a decision on, okay, do I take this out? Do I stop doing it? Do I do more of it? But you're not going to know unless you give it a try first. Well, I think it'd be interesting to see Walmart and the NBA and CNN and and some of these other guys, if they, you know, they already do a fantastic job. But what if they added some of those outtakes and different things? I think it'd be, for me personally, it'd make me relate to them even more than I already do. So I I love the idea. Thank you. You're exactly right. I mean, it kind of humanizes you a little bit more. Right. You know, because I've gotten the I've gotten some feedback. You're like, oh, that you know, 
everything's so clean and it sounds really good and it flows really well. Well, it takes a lot of work. And I honestly don't do a lot of editing on the show. I do editing from a sense of, like I mentioned, like until I get it right, then I go with it. But I don't sort of piece together things, you know. And so I figured, you know, what the heck, the outtakes might be kind of a fun thing to kind of share at the end. I'm going to circle back to social media just for a few minutes. Is social media for every small business? No. Hmm. It really starts with your goal. So set your goal and then start to work back from there. Okay, you have your goal. Figure out what are some things that you can do to get to kind of get you closer. Social media in this day and age is likely going to help you, but it's not it's not a sort of a blanket answer or the end all be all that's going to solve everything. Okay, Rick, this is a personal question. Digital addiction is rampant. You see everybody on their phone all the time. You know, you go to lunch with somebody and they're checking their phone, yeah. <laughs> or maybe your friends don't do that, but they do. I guess the question is what, what is that balance that you have? Because you're passionate about sharing the good news of what social media can do for small business. But at the same time, there's times when it's not ideal to be on it all the time. How do you balance, you know, that passion, but also having a life and just being you know, normal. Yeah. It's such a great question. And, and it, it is something that I struggle with because I'm always, you know, because I love Twitter so much, for example, I, I like being on there and skimming through and see what the conversations are going on and talking with people and so forth. But yeah, you kind of have to, and I, I'll be honest, I struggle with it often. You have to find that balance to, I want to spend time with, uh, you know, Amy, for example, is my fiance. All right, now this is our time. You know what I mean? Like we're going to put the phones down and we're not going to be on Facebook or Twitter or, or emailing or texting or whatever. But yeah, and that's coming from somebody who works in social media all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of have to find that balance and, and you, you have to be able to sort of step away from it and, and get that balance to um, have a life. <laughs> Rick, who's doing something that interests you right now? Is it cheating if I say, Amy, my fiance? <laughs> Absolutely not. Is that, is that a cop out, Jared? <laughs> no, no, let's I do mean, it. <laughs> and honestly, she really is. I mean, she started out a couple of years ago and she has a site called stronginsideout.com. And she actually has no idea I'm, I'm saying this to you right now. But, you know, she has a wonderful story of overcoming some huge, huge life obstacles. And, and that's what she does with her whole message is she helps people overcome life's obstacles through fitness and positive action. And she went on this 30-city tour earlier this year. She raised $18,000 on Indiegogo to go across North America to hold boot camps to raise money for suicide prevention and the charity called To Write Love in Her Arms. I mean, she inspires me on a day-to-day basis. And I know that sounds a little corny considering you know that I'm getting married to this girl, but you know she really does. And she really does inspire me. And she's doing some really, really cool things. No, Rick, it, it, the show's obviously starved the doubt, so that sounds like someone I absolutely want to talk to. So, yeah, that's that's very exciting to hear when people are making those steps and doing yeah. incredible things like that. So kudos to Amy. So what is the best place for listeners to connect with you online and learn more about SM20? My headquarters is rickmulready.com. It's R-I-C-K-M-U-L-R-E-A-D-Y.com. And then the podcast that we've been talking about is Inside Social Media. And that's on iTunes and pretty much wherever you uh, want to access uh, podcasts. And real quick, what is SM20? It's essentially, it's going to be, I'll give you a little bit of a, a, little bit of a hint here, Jared, and your listeners. But it's uh, one of the biggest problems that I hear and biggest challenges I hear from people is that social media is overwhelming. And, you know, they, they think they have to be on, you know, 18 different platforms and including the, 
you know, the shiny new object that comes along. And that's not the solution. You're like, you really don't need to do that. You really just need to be on one, two or three, you know, just a few platforms and really go deep on those platforms. So SM20 is going to be a program that teaches you, you know, how to do that, how to find your customers online, how to, you know, get the most out of social media and doing that within a few minutes every day. And that's where that 20 might come into, uh, might, might come into play a little hint there. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's a solution to help small businesses and entrepreneurs get the most out of social media while spending the least amount of time possible. Rick, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Um, you know, you know what, Jerry, I love what you're doing here. This, you know, the whole star of the doubts and, and the mindset is something that is so important for entrepreneurs, yet I don't think it's talked about enough. And, you know, there's so many tactics and strategies and so forth that are out there that are discussed. But this mindset and, you know, learning from people who are doing it is so important. And I'm so glad that you've developed this platform to share this message. I just I think that it's so, so important for people to hear. Rick, thank you so much. I'm excited about SM20 and looking forward to more podcasts. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Rick. Did you enjoy the interview with Rick? Rick would love to hear from you. Rick is on Twitter at Rick Mulready. Also, he just got married, so send him a congratulations tweet. He loves that. Subscribe it up, up, up. 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 Okay, I'm no fallout boy, and this podcast does not know what you did in the night, but you can light them up in iTunes by leaving a rating interview for Star of the Doubts. Simply go to iTunes, search for Star of the Doubts, and leave a rating interview, which, of course, greatly increases the visibility of the show. Thank you for the consideration. You are eliminating confusion, saving time, and growing your business. Subscribe. Kingsley Grant is eliminating confusion, saving time, and growing his business over at ChooseYourBestLifeNow.com. I met Kingsley through Toastmasters and Michael Hyatt's SCORE conference. Kingsley is a member of Internet Business Mastery and is making some big moves. Please consider connecting with Kingsley, and you can start by going to his site, ChooseYourBestLifeNow.com. I have great news for any listeners who are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Dan Franks and Joe Cassandra from the Entrepreneur Showdown podcast have invited me me to join them as hosts for the DFW Entrepreneur Meetup on Saturday, November 2nd at 2 p.m. For more details on this, please go to dfwentrepreneurmeetup.splashthat.com. Again, that's a little bit of a complex link. dfwentrepreneurmeetup.splashthat.com. If you have any questions on that, you can send me an email or tweet me. Thank you to everyone recently who's encouraged me regarding the Star of the Doubts podcast. It is sometimes difficult to know who is actually listening, and I've been blessed to have some great conversations with several people, including Kirk Bowman and Christina Cantors, Anthony Tran, Kevin Cusero, Ellery Wells, Ryan Rotten, Crystal over at fineartmom.com. I could name others, but all of you guys are awesome and have encouraged me greatly. Thank you so much for that. If you enjoy the podcast, would you be willing just to say enjoy in the subject line and send a blank email to jaredeasley at gmail.com? I love to hear from you. I love to engage and connect with you. So if that's something that you've enjoyed, I'd love to hear from you. 
And I'm currently in a crazy situation regarding my day job. I don't want to go into a ton of detail on this, but I'm just in a star of the doubts type of scenario and would really appreciate your thoughts and prayers right now. And I might elaborate on this in a few future podcast episode, but just trust me, I'm in a crazy thing right now and would definitely appreciate your thoughts and prayers. In the meantime, always treat others the way that they want to be treated. Always do your best and remember to starve the doubts. It really starts with your goal. So set your goal and then start to work back from there. Okay, you have your goal. Figure out what are some things that you can do to, get, to kind of get you closer. Social media in this day and age is likely going to help you, but it's not, it's not a sort of a blanket answer or the end-all, be-all that's going to solve everything.